man, you know what I really hate? Hmm. Like, one group of people I will forever and ever and ever be prejudiced against. Yeah. Astronauts. <laughs> Smarmy fucking smug motherfuckers. <laughs> what? You think gravity's too good for you? Like, you're gonna come down here with one of your, like, space viruses and chest-popping aliens and, you know, doom the whole damn human race all because you think zero-G's is way better? You went to the moon, I've been to Portugal. We've all been places, I'm not fucking impressed. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, Venturoos! Welcome to the first episode of Venture Home News. I'm your host, Beast Lamode. Joining me is Vaudevillain. How's it going, guys? And coming up, we have stories about space helpers, reverse universes, a season 8 update, a Bowie connection, and a 5G bat conspiracy. But first, we're going to talk about Elon Musk arching Jeff Bezos on Twitter. Jeff Bezos recently acquired a self-driving car company uh, to which Elon Musk uh, went to Twitter tweeting, copy cat emoji. Uh, personally, while I do enjoy the pettiness of this low-level two arching, uh, I find that, you know, maybe we missed a Tesla Edison joke by a very, very fuel-efficient mile. Uh, with more on Elon Musk, we throw to Villain. And, you know, actually, this kind of loops back around into your story, because, um, oh, we'll get into that. But uh, Elon Musk recently announced that he's working on this new project, or has been working on a new project. Seems like he's always got a new project. Let's just say another project from Elon Musk. Uh, it's called Neuralink. Have you, uh, have you heard anything about this one? Uh, I actually haven't heard a whole lot about it, but it sounds very Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> Well, eventually, that is sort of the game plan. At this point, though, what he's talking about is a small and surgically implanted little network of um, electrodes. We're, and you'll you'll learn to know this on Venture Home News going forward. We're going to talk about a lot of deep, heavy, super science-y type topics, but we don't necessarily do the research. So we're going to give you the Cliff Notes version on a lot of these sub subjects. I would like but, to go ahead and uh, put out a disclaimer. We know marginally about actual science, but we are actually well-versed in super science. And so um, uh, moving forward, definitely keep that in mind when we explain things. So once installed, because uh, it's hardware, we're going to say it's installed, onto the top of your brain, it sends out electrical signals, basically shooting out pulses to uh, rectify issues in the brain, curing everything from at least listed here. We've got autoimmune diseases. Uh, nerve diseases, Bell palsy, uh, people who suffer from strokes, and other forms of injuries. This is only step one, though. Well, okay, so uh, I do have a quick question. Mm -hmm. Do they um, cover only one kind of stroke, or do they cover different strokes? Um, well, it takes different strokes for different folks, so I'm hoping through maybe the update system they might be able to patch everybody through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about, Elon Musk? <laughs> Um, but scarily enough, actually going into the updates process, essentially the things that they were uh, discussing um, on another podcast where they had Elon going into a little bit more depth in-depth on this was uh, the possibility of essentially being able to hook people up to the internet eventually through this. 
And the idea of everybody walking around with a Wi-Fi signal literally beeping out of them, the level of trolling that that would enable, it, it really kind of feels like Elon just wants to be able to troll Bezos uh, where, wherever he goes. And he's going to figure out a way to get that done. It sounds good. It sounds terrible. So you take the good and you take the bad. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, there you have, you know, the Wi-Fi of life. <laughs> Oh, God. And uh, moving on from NeuralNet, that actually puts us on our super technology segment. Uh, so, Vaudevillain has actually done a little bit of research and found that NASA has actually been funding a uh, what can best be described as steampunk space helper. Very accurate description. Essentially, what we're looking at here is NASA is trying to figure out how to explore moons, planets, basically any kind of um, celestial bodies out there they might find, where the atmosphere, once inside of it, you would basically, to an average human, you would feel like you're underwater. Um, whether that be water heavy enough to crush you as if you were at the bottom of the ocean, or light and just sort of, we could hop through it like the moon, although you wouldn't need a suit. Now, Normally, would that be a, like a, like a run-of-the-mill bathing suit or like a space bathing suit? I want to hope Jonas was at least working on a space bathing suit that somehow you just slid on the trunks and, like, that's it. You're good. Um, <laughs> it would make uh, bathing in the uh, sea of tranquility a little bit more cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, knowing what kind of pervert Jonas Venture, like Jonas Venture Sr. was, you know the first space bathing suit was a two-piece. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then, I mean, do you think Jonas went for the full trunk trunks or was he kind of going to get like rock a banana hammock i i do we ever get jonas in a bathing suit no we get monarch in a banana hammock though and that's yeah, we do get you know. <laughs> no we get jonas in boxers uh dangling out of his his, his you know mm. flat there um mm. but anyway uh back oh. to helper in space okay so space helper of course needs a new name and i really hope that this wasn't just stumbled upon my hope here is this was sort of a uh the implied joke in the mcu about shield about somebody just wanted the name shield so they created it this little robot we'll go through it and see if you can figure out the uh the acronym before we get there steam propelled autonomous retrieval robot for ocean worlds or sparrow now as cool as it is to have a jumping robot named sparrow it's not venture enough quite yet. What 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 is the one thing that could honestly make this thing just a little bit more old-school, super science cooler? Steam power. Yep, it is a steam-powered jumping robot. I, I don't know about you, but that just makes me happy to know that NASA money, waste or not, is going to a jumping steam-powered robot named Sparrow. <laughs> you know, there's probably that, like, one guy in, like, the NASA think tank. He's like, you know... uh Listen, just hear me out, guys. I know we have a lot of, like, rockets and things, but, like, steam. And they're just like, Jeff, goddammit, we know you're in the steampunk. You come in wearing goggles and top hats and gears every day. And finally, like, he had his day. <laughs> he was like, steam power! Oh, God. Fly, my sparrow, fly! Or they fired him two and a half years ago, and they're doing this just to spite the poor guy. <laughs> This is all an elaborate arch. <laughs> now, uh, unfortunately, one place our Sparrow Space Helper can't go uh, is 
outside of our own universe. Uh, so physicists have found, mathematically speaking, uh, evidence that there may actually be a universe where time runs backward. And again, that is a gross oversimplification of the physics, but that is who we are here at Venture Home News, gross and overly simple. Uh, so essentially, with the implications of a backward-running universe in terms of time, uh, we posit that they already have seen season eight, and the folks in that universe actually witnessed the show backward. So in that case, would that mean they, they might possibly have a happy Hank, or a happy, um, sorry, Malcolm and Rusty from the get-go, and then we get to see how they used to fight? Well, and you have to think all of their TV shows are essentially just flashback format. <laughs> like, all the TV shows are just like, well, here's where we started. Here's where we are. Let's go back to where we started. Um, it's kind of like, oh, wow. Like, they must have a great time watching This Is Us. <laughs> Weirdly enough, my head first went to... Um the dinosaurs, the nineties TV show, because I don't know if you've ever watched that or ever, or possibly remember the last episode, but the last episode is literally the asteroid coming down to kill the dinosaurs and they know it. And it is the most depressing countdown. <laughs> like they, the whole show's a comedy. And then it ends with the uh, sad, we know we're going to die episode. <laughs> oh man. That show had a lot of those like moments. Um, where they're talking about, like, mammal discrimination. Like, they they really took that show into some deep existential places uh, for being, like, puppeted dinosaurs. And I, I just, as long as that show exists in multiple universes, I'm happy. So, now, um, moving on from our reverse universe news, uh, we actually have a super secret, exclusive Season 8 update that you will not find anywhere else. And so for our update on Season 8, we go to Vaudevillain. Nothing. There is absolutely no update. Congratulations! You knew exactly as much as we do, and uh, you were absolutely smarter than us for it. So, Good job. Good job, guys. Yeah, yeah so uh, that's, that's where we're at. Um, moving on. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Going on, we're going into our uh, conspiracy segment that we lovingly call the cork, the conspiracy corkboard of truthiness. And this is where we find conspiracy theories on the internet and apply them to the venture universe as we know it. Um, so for our first conspiracy, we're going to talk about the Bowie connection. Now, this has already been kind of a uh, tumultuous year, to say the least. Uh, COVID-19. Um, you know, George Floyd protests, um, you know, uh, multiple things, uh, you know, the Sahara dust cloud, and that's just really, this yeah. year, you know, um, so when did it all start to, to fall apart? Like, can we, can we find that point? You know, maybe, uh, I posit to you, the listeners, um, as Venture Brothers fans, that, when David Bowie died in 2017, the Guild of Calamitous Intent was essentially left unchecked without supervision 
and you know now things are you know basically running amok and the world's imploding on itself uh you know villains get to act without impunity uh putin and trump you know basically kind of get to do whatever they want uh you know there are crazy geopolitics right now where it's hard to tell the good guys from the bad guys because of all the misinformation um and really in in current memory the only place i could like uh see this starting is when david bowie died uh i don't think i could agree with you any less or more at the same time (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to believe it's true because i still want to believe bowie's alive somewhere (laughs) so this can't be actually his fault but at the same time if bowie really is dead then this is a hundred percent because of that uh I, I assume, like most Venture Brother fans, we have at least a small connection with Bowie, and then if you have a connection with the music past that, when Bowie died, it was a absolute gut punch. So I didn't notice at first, because it was just such a terrible time all in and of itself. But then once the haze went away, and everything started to still be getting worse, I should have known that was what happened. But the, the gravity of the moment was just such that it just pulled me right over. But we might be on to something here, folks, so keep watching for things to keep getting more terrible until the next Bowie is reborn. Um, wasn't Hank meant to become the next Sovereign at some point? So do we that need him to step... Oh, Dean. Dean was meant to be the next Sovereign. If Dean could just step up, the Dean, whoever he is in the real world, that that maybe that would do it. Dean is Stardust. Is there a Deanie Stardust out there? I, I don't know. I hope so. Uh, uh, you, I, I didn't, like, for me, I realized the uh, the Bowie connection um, as I was actually getting up one morning. Uh, I put on a playlist to, like, you know, get some kitchen stuff done and, uh, you know, start my coffee, look at my news. And Australia, like, the entire country was on fire. And Major Tom came on. And I was like, huh. Huh. Yes, yes, this is all the absence of Bowie. I believe this. Um, Well, and, you know, don't get me wrong, we will absolutely explore uh, at a later date, you know, uh, the vacuum that Prince has left and the things that have been happening uh, because of his absence. That's the weirdness. That's where the weirdness is coming from. The bad is because Bowie's gone, and then we will get into the weirdness that is coming into the world because of uh, Prince leaving. Well, and uh, I wonder, okay, so, and and this is a true story, Um, David Bowie and Robert Plant arched each other for years. They had a literal, like, magic feud. Like, David Bowie was paranoid and terrified of Robert Plant, so he would carry around, like, personal artifacts, like uh, vials of spit, hair, toenail clippings, and, and, and things like that. Um, just in case he needed to magically act on Robert Plant. Now, I wonder, because again, Robert Plant and and Bowie have since buried the hatchet, if maybe, like, Prince and Bowie weren't arching each other on some low-key level. And we would never see it. It's like when, on Doctor Who, they talk about how the time war isn't noticeable to, like, lower-level life forms like humans. Mm -hmm. Like, if Bowie and Prince were arching each other, we'd never see it. Because it's in the ethereal plane. 
Oh, well, they're arching each other in the same way that, like, uh, the investors and uh, Killinger were fighting at the end. Like, it's all in their minds. These are fucking Jedi's, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, but just sorry, one little one little piece of news, uh, old news, new news. But just uh, we spoke of feuds, and I know it's a connection that you're going to enjoy. Uh, I just picked up the other day that apparently, um, before going on to perform often, uh, one Mr. Paul McCartney likes to enjoy an episode of Family Feud, and I just found that to be delightful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that we watch a little uh, little feud before he goes on and uh, plays a little Blackbird or something, you know. <laughs> I wonder if he watches that and, like, just thinks to himself, like, we could have been great on this, guys. Like, we could have, we had a team of four. <laughs> we had a team of four. <laughs> Moving on from the Bowie connection, um, Vaude Villain has actually found a uh, venture-adjacent conspiracy of his own. So, um, well, we'll let you determine how exactly adjacent it is. We like to believe this is basically exactly what happened. Because the real world sucks, let's face it. I like to imagine that I do actually live in the venture universe. Um, it's a little bit scarier, but it's definitely a lot better. Uh, so, with the whole mm, current pandemic issue going on right now, there were some pretty amazingly insane conspiracy theories flying around here. And uh, one of the ones I managed to catch was a 5G-enabling virus, and uh, this just absolutely tickled me pink. Um, the idea that you could literally turn it on and turn it off, and then, of course, there was the idea that the virus was coming from bats. So combining the two ideas together, I had the, um, the mission to figure out who it would be in the Venture universe who would actually be the villain to come up with 5G flying death bats. And um, Beast actually ended up, I believe, coming up with the best villain for the case. So when we look at the evidence uh, as presented to us uh, in said conspiracy theory, so let's run over that in, in broad strokes. Uh, it is a virus injected into bats, and the virus is activated and deactivated with a 5G signal. All right, so right now there's a lot of global heat between America and China, and being the two, like, you know, uh, superpowers, and I finger quote superpowers for America, like, let me, you know, go ahead and put that asterisk out there, it only would make sense that, like, you know, uh, a villain who is trying to save a little bit of money, um, you know, cut a few corners, and get, like, a flying horde army going, uh, would would be the culprit here, and and who do we know that sounds like that? The mighty monarch. So Banana. we posit. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we posit that monarch, being at the peak of his trust fund, went on a butterflying seeing excursion to China, um, going around and seeing you know all these butterfly hotspots, and thought you know uh, being that this was like. In the probably like mid 90s, he you know thought bio weapons were the hot new thing. Uh, he's in China, so he goes ahead and like puts in an order for like this crazy bio weapon that can be cut on and off with radio signal, and it's a morphing virus, and you know it's really easily transmitted, and et cetera, et cetera. So about the time the virus gets engineered, that is when obviously China comes to call, and the monarch is now broke. They he he couldn't you know, uh, essentially 
have the weapon he commissioned. Um, so China essentially, like, you know, took credit for it and put it in the bats instead of monarch butterflies. I The one thing I had thought of, just to add just a little my touch and flavor to it, was uh, if I remember right from Silence of the Lambs, the really cool moth that had the skull head on it was actually from Southeast Asia. So what I always had hoped then was that he was actually going to hope that that virus would mutate the moths big enough, and he would have, like, literal murder moths flying around. <laughs> he couldn't get the bat or the, the monarchs, but he usually lives in, like, uh, I live in the same area. I see the monarchs come through every year at the same time. And uh, But I like to think that if he was going to go travel the world, he would get the local flavor of that area's butterfly or moth. And how can you pass up Southeast Asia with the death head moth? Like, that's metal. So <laughs> he's, I can just see him pissed off today. He's like, bats! Why did they go with bats? That would be... That would be. <laughs> uh, now, I will say the only uh, hole like uh, that I can find in, in our theory here is that, uh, you know, you might be asking yourself, well, if the virus can be activated and deactivated with 5G, why isn't the virus going away? Well, because maybe the virus wasn't manufactured in China. Now, growing up, it used to be the old adage that, like, you know, uh, made in China was the cheap stuff. But let's be honest, like, China and Korea are actually banging out some pretty ballin' electronics. Odds are your computer came from one of those. You know, a lot of Apple parts are coming from China, et cetera, et cetera. You know, maybe, like, that's the proof we're looking for, that it was actually manufactured in, like, Russia or America or, you know, some obscure, like, Eastern European country like Bratislava because it doesn't work right. We've activated it, but now we can't cut the fucking thing off. <laughs> <laughs> from the people that brought us Chernobyl. Um. Yeah, like, uh, one of my favorite lines from one of the worst movies ever, <laughs> Armageddon. <laughs> Oh, the movie uh, makes you cry every time. It's so terrible. <laughs> I, as long as you don't close your eyes. Um, <laughs> no, uh, when they're docking with the Russian space station and the cosmonaut who's been up there for too long, <laughs> and they're working with him, and it's like, you know, Russian space station, American space station, all made in Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so that concludes our conspiracy corkboard of truthiness. And coming up next, we've actually got our first interview here on the show with the co-host of the Guild of Calamitous podcast, Rilo, done by our very own Beast. Enjoy. Welcome out, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to Conjectural Technology's first ever, uh, I guess what could be called uh, our our treaty of tolerance. Um, so with me today is our uh, guest, the host of the Guild of Calamitous podcast. Well, one of the hosts, I'm sorry, of the Guild of Calamitous podcast, Rilo. Uh, how are you doing today, boss? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Uh, you know, all things considered, uh, doing all right. I I've been lately, um, so I'm, I'm pretty much tired of looking at screens. Uh, <laughs> um, so Venture Brothers yeah. what brought you to the show when it premiered in 2004 I was 11 and I had a TV in my room 
and my parents did a really poor job of censoring me. Um, and so, oh I, yes, I started... no, no, I like this is already sounding very familiar to my childhood. Go on. <laughs> yeah, um, they did a really poor job of censoring me, and I started watching Adult Swim pretty much as soon as I had that TV hooked up, and um, it just was one of the shows that popped up, and then I kept returning to it uh, as I grew up. Well, and what would you say, like, you know, in your first initial viewing? Because I was a little bit older. Like, I, I mean, uh, I'd probably say I was like 17 when yeah. when I first caught Venture Brothers. And so, I mean, uh, I had already lived through, like, uh, an attempt at a Johnny Quest reboot by Hanna-Barbera. Um, which, by the way, yeah. like, The Adventures of Johnny Quest is actually really solid. Um, you know, and so, I mean, I kind of... And I grew up reading like Boxcar Kids, Hardy Boy novels, so I kind of got it immediately. But like for you, what was it like when you first saw it, that first moment that gave you like, bam, this is my show? Um, it was, I think the, the moment that really got me was when I saw Helper done up in like the lowrider. <laughs> for some reason, that was the moment that like, it was like, okay, I, I can get behind this. Get no, behind no, this I'm a huge fan of like Cholo Helper like <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 the cucaracha horn um, oh yeah no that, that's like the best and i really wish that they would uh have kept the flame paint job around for just a little while longer i mean um, they kept the walking eye version of helper around for so long and they, they could have given us that no no right i mean at least the flames make him go faster like walking eye just makes yeah. him look creepy walking eye it's walking eye all right so Seasoned Venture Brothers fan, Hank or Dean? Yeah. Oh, Christ. Oh, you're getting me deep. Um, yeah, that's hard. Like, I asked myself the same question. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can answer this. <laughs> this is really, that's really hard. Um, honestly, I, I mean, I started out being a Dean fan because um, I related a lot to Dean. But the older I get, the more I've just realized I'm, I'm just, I'm just. Hank, Hank, Hank is just, he's, he's, he's kind of like uh, a friend described him as like a Labrador retriever puppy. <laughs> just kind of like, just, just kind of ready for anything. <laughs> you know, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, and that's the one thing I've always loved about Hank is like his sheer unbridled, like passion and enthusiasm for m all of his multiple lives. And definitely some ADD. <laughs> No, yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's like you know, that kid's got moxie. No, that kid, kid has undiagnosed kid. attention hyperactive deficit. <laughs> or, or, or uh, I don't think you have DID. Definitely have ADD though. <laughs> right, like you know, I, I, mm, well, he definitely gets the H when he's on yeah. the coffee. Yeah. Oh God. Like <laughs> the Murphy bed gag. <laughs> Is still. The, I the, wish that they would kind of throw that around, but they burned down the compound. Oh, but like God. every so, so just open a door and have a Murphy bed fall out. It was. It took like five or six rewatchings of that episode for me to finally notice. Oh, the Murphy. That's the, that's the other Murphy bed. Like, <laughs> right. For me, it's like five like five times I've seen it. I'm just, finally when Dean opens the door and the Murphy bed falls out. I'm like, oh yeah, there was. Now, what season, like, speaks to you the most? Uh, well, the one I've watched... God. So I have a hard time with season one. So I'm try trying to barrel through that with Garden. I'm just like, okay, I could, I could get through this. Um, so 
if I could say least, it's that. Most, I, I probably watch, I've rewatched um, season five and seven a lot. Um, well, and uh, for any of our listeners who hasn't like checked out the Guild of Calamitous podcast, first off, please do. Uh, second, um, I love their format because uh, Rilo here is kind of like the Plato to Gardens Dante walking them through the venture verse yes um yes. And so it's always great to have like gardens genuine reaction next to your kind of like yeah it's only going to get weirder yeah i'm just like but wait there's more and like <laughs> and, and he, he about to listen to this podcast so I'm like free to say like you know I'm, I'm trying so hard to keep spoilers from her it's so she has no idea hank and dean are clones and it is so hard trying to keep that from oh. like i'm like I'm, but when that moment hits oh, it's, it's going, going to be, be so, so good. great i know i'm like and like i think she's like starting to pick up that maybe something a little hinky has gone on with like how they were made and like i think she's like kind of picking up on it but not really well i mean i'll be honest with you it's one of those things like when you find out you go back and you look at it and you're like oh well, X, Y, and Z makes complete sense now. Now this all makes sense. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not just a weird, quirky thing. Like, this is all in context now. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple and, of and I really where she says, you know, I'm starting to think, you know, like, you know, maybe they're clones, but then they're talking about their, like, old mommy, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're old mommy. Well, and, and good on you, because we're definitely, like, of a, of a different format, you know, uh, just the nature of ours, where we're just, like, yeah, we, we hope you know what's going on, because we're going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you better be all caught up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I, I did the disclaimer pretty early on. I feel like I need to go ahead and maybe do another one in a cu- another couple of episodes, just to, you know, refresh anybody who might pick it up you later. Do, you don't want to be, like... A... It was a season three commentary where Doc Amber ever every episode spoiled that uh, twenty four was getting killed. Oh, dude. <laughs> the commentary, yeah, he, he spoiled it every episode, and because he assumed that no one watched the commentary before watching the whole oh, season. Dude, and, and, there were, and there was one, and there was one person. He just gave them a signed headshot that said "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> You know, it even comes back around in uh, in season seven commentary where he's like, "You you should fucking know this by now. You should know like, this by now. Uh, I know." Like, <laughs> like no. And the best part about the commentary, in my opinion, is uh, when you find out the the neat little details about the show, like the fact that they have to do commentary from bootlegs that they got from somebody from else. Bloom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I find, that, I find that hilarious that they that they don't just and and if you listen to like a bit of a chat, even Ken Plume calls him out on it. He's like, guys, you, why don't you just have a hard drive with the show on it? Talks <laughs> like well, that would be too difficult. Like it's like it's really not. We have hard drives with the uh, that's one of those podcasts. Well, that's one of those podcasts. Like uh, I've got to go back and pick up because I started doing a lot of research listening for this other weird thing i've got going on and uh that's been eating up a lot of my time between like you know prepping on that project and then you know watching venture brothers pretty much in any of my free time if i'm not watching venture brothers i've got twin peaks on in the background yeah Uh, (laughs) 
I actually just bought a um, season one DVD of Venture Brothers from someone, and uh, they messaged me and they said, "Okay, so you bought all three of these DVDs because I bought three seasons on DVD." I'm like, "Yeah." So I can't find disc one of season one. I instead it has Twin Peaks, <laughs> like one disc of Twin Peaks, like a season one set of Venture Brothers with one disc of Twin Peaks. And then disc two <laughs> of the Venture Brothers. So if anyone has season a disc like disc one of Venture Brothers season one just lying around, I would love it. <laughs> I, I don't. Have- that is such a peculiar setup. Because like it's almost a running joke about how obsessed I am with Twin Peaks lately. Yeah. Well, um, there you go. Was it you? Were you my secret eBay? No. <laughs> I'm too scared to sell things on eBay. I don't know how much postage costs. Like I thought about it, and then oh, I'm God. like, I don't. This, how this does guy the postage did thing free work? Postage, and see, that's the problem. You don't do free postages. You're not making any money because I think I paid like eight bucks for all three of these <laughs> seasons of Venture Brothers. Oh wow! Yeah, see, like you, you I waited for a sale on the Warner Brothers site. Yeah, I was an idiot. I waited for a sale on the Warner Brothers site, and I paid like. 50 bucks for four seasons. Wow, yeah, so I, I, cause I'm missing season four. I'm missing season four and season six. Oh. And then, and then disc one of season one. <laughs> <laughs> now, in terms of like, uh, you know, your format, you guys like to, to like keep it nice and short. Is there anything you've kind of come across on, on your podcast that you haven't really had a chance to hit on just because you guys don't have the time? Uh. It's, it's not like I think it's there. They may get longer because the the problem is I'm not as invested in season one. It's more like just a, I'm trying to get through it because I write all of, I do all the legwork. Garden, I just message Garden the link to join the podcast, and then that's it. Uh, that's that's all she does for the show. Uh, occasionally makes a meme, <laughs> but. <laughs> Hey, memory is important. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was. We talked about it in a future, in one of our future episodes. We're, we're backlogged. We're fully recorded up through like episode ten. So, um, but in one of the future episodes, she talks about how for a while we had uh, COVID, but make it Venture Brothers. <laughs> and I was just sending, <laughs> I was just sending her Venture Brothers screenshots, and she was coming up with captions, not having seen really. So like, there's like a blue morpho one with like the doom factory exploding in the background and so uh all right if you were going to rob a bank right you put together a crew of like five venture brothers characters a a crew which we all know that's that's most of a heist movie squadron of five just putting the crew together well right right so (laughs) You know, uh, it's going to be typical positions, right? So you've got, like, a wheelman. You know, you've got, like, you know, uh, a guy on, like, you know, crowd control. Uh, you know, you've got a couple of guys, like, raiding right the vault. You know, so think very, you know, simply in terms of, like, you know, generic heist positions. Yeah. The driver. Our, our getaway driver is Brock, obviously. No, no. Yes. No. That's a good choice. Um, the tech expert. The the guy who's hacking into the security mainframe uh, is Pete. So he's he's pretty competent. He's pretty competent. Pete White's pretty competent. And appears I 
Uh, especially like it, it, regardless of all the other areas he, he is incompetent in, he knows computers and music. And computers and music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... He was uh, our lo- and games. I mean, he is the resident gamer on the the venture I mean, crew. I, mean, I will say yeah, that. Did you see his stats, Grand Theft Auto. Good lord! <laughs> right. Uh, I wish that they would have had uh, just a little bit more of them, like playing uh, Guitar Hero together. Or I want I want to hear more um, about the time that Watchin Ward got uh, stuck stuck playing Red Dead Redemption. Got stuck in the card game. Right. <laughs> Uh, Watch and Ward are are two of my like low key favorites. Who, who doesn't like? Who doesn't love? Like I thought about doing the whole podcast because I do like a very like cheap ass second rate Watch and Ward impression impression, and I've thought about doing the whole podcast like that, but it kills my throat. I don't know how Jackson and Doc do it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, completely murders. Like, just yeah, blow my mind that they do like the watching ward and then the monarch. Oh, completely, and also like, like I don't know how I don't know how Doc does Doctor Girlfriend, Doctor Mrs. Monarch. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> understand how they can make their voices do that. Okay, but back to my crew. Um, so so we got Brock, we got Pete. Um, crowd control. I think I would get Scare Bear and crowd control. Just. Uh, I think that would be pretty just effective. Everyone would be terrified, and you don't you, like you 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 don't know how to react to that. The safe cracker. Your enthusiasm, like raiding the actual vault, I'd get Enrico Matassa, not Hank Enrico Matassa. <laughs> if only because I, right, I no. love Enrico Matassa, and I would I would be it would be a mistake not to include him in this heist. And um. I guess the last person. Why not? Why not just toss twenty one in there? Two ton twenty one. Well, especially like two ton twenty one, uh, where he's definitely a lot more like capable as a henchman, less like hiding in the car and rubbing snack on his face. <laughs> well, you know, twenty four didn't die in a car accident. He died in a car intentional. That's like one of my favorite <laughs> right? lines. In the whole, it wasn't a car accident. It was a car intentional. Oh, that whole scene Ogo is Pogo. great. Like, Ogo Pogo. <laughs> I have allergies. Goddamn. Sore. I have allergies. <laughs> <I'm>... Yeah. <laughs> was, that guy was, was so happy. Now. I don't have to make leave. I have allergies. No, I would love to do like a, uh, like a shorter podcast, maybe like 15 minute episodes. And do like binge watching Ward, where they just talk about things they've been watching on like the TV screens. Oh God! Like you know, oh my God, did you see that last episode of Golden Girls? <laughs> oh my God, I'd so do Blanche. <laughs> Rose has no idea that that guy's a gigolo. <laughs> it's completely. It's gonna catch her completely off guard. <laughs> right. Like, and I mean, I'm just sure it's the whole thing is like just endless, like just thinking about them commenting on anything. Well, uh, Golden like, Girls, Desperate Housewives, just like very, Degra- you know, Degrassi, the next generation. <laughs> since, <laughs> since that's an ongoing thing. <laughs> the Ventureverse, a love for Degrassi. The- well, and uh, I'm actually surprised, haven't seen like a solid Golden Girls reference yet. Like, I would love like a legit like a uh, villain team like a foursome and it's it's you know based on the the golden girls that would um i'm a big comic book fan and they kind of did something like that in x-men uh, where like the x-men show up 
and then it's like these four old ladies Thank who are like being a friend. botanists, like really badass botanists. They kick the shit X Men, and then they leave. And in my mind, like I was really hoping they would say something like, uh, "You know, thanks for being a friend." Just that—that that was their goal. Now, like, or like something about cheesecake. Right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and wrap this. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, everybody, please check out the Guild of Calamitous podcast um, anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Next up on Venture Home News, live from the bottom of the ocean, Colonel Gentleman. Hello and welcome to Colonel Gentleman Presents Diary Entries from the Diary of Colonel Gentleman. Bloody hell, Dougie, we need to get a better title than that. Why couldn't it have just been Colonel Gentleman's Diaries? Or presented by Colonel Gentleman, another diary entry. No, you had to go for the longest bloody title in the entire goddamn universe, you... So, folks, uh, you'll be getting to know my new assistant, Dougie. He's taken over most of my media relations as of now. Apparently, I'm not trending enough. Trending enough back in the day, though. I'll tell you what. We're here down at the bottom of the ocean. I've currently been on a three-month expedition for the U.S. Navy, working on a certain project I maybe shouldn't be discussing. Don't want the Russians to get good. Now we'll go into a segment we're going to be calling Colonel Gentleman. No bloody hell, Dougie, I'm not going to say it again. Presented by Smoking. Books Colonel Gentleman will never read. I'm Robot Boy Isaac Asimov. I don't like or trust bloody robots. A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. One city was enough, dammit. Wrap it up. Ah, the Second American Revolution by Gore Vidal. Too many damn complicated feelings. Garfield Gains Weight by Jim Davis. I don't support feline obesity or sassy cats in the good smack in the mouth. The Sisterhood of Traveling Pants by Ann Brassers. Sounds like a bloody trouser cult. Not falling for that again. The Vinci Code by Dan Brown. I retired from adventuring and I always hated damn riddles. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows by J.K. Rowling. She killed off my crush Dumbledore in book six. Not cool. And this has been a production of Venture Home News. Tune in next week for another episode of... I swear to bloody God, Dougie, if you say the title of this show one more time, I'll show you what I did to the robot on the way to Gargantua 2. Who even bloody said you could talk in the first place? Get back in your box.
Venture Home News is brought to you by Conjectural Technologies Podcast. Produced and researched by Vaudevillain and Beastle Mode. Edited by Vaudevillain. Please email us at conjecturaltechpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at conjectech underscore pod. Go Team Venture. Sure. Survey says banjo. <laughs> they were asking for a bloody percussion instrument. <laughs> Why would you say you're banjo? <laughs> Damn it, Ringo. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Look at me on the train. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.